Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. But tonight I want to issue a dare to you off the back of what Kevin was speaking about this morning. And he spoke an amazing message about I dare you to speak. Because how many know sometimes it's so much easier to keep it shtum when we have to, there's something in us that has to come out. But we want to keep it quiet. We want to keep it down. But God's given us a, a victory shout on the inside that has to come out. Yeah. Now, after every great shout of victory comes like a, it's like a, like a story, like a timeline of actions. When David was anointed, he was given a testimony. He was given you know, the anointing in front of his brothers. But then he went through trial after trial after trial until he was honed into the king that he became to be. That, that was like the, the standard of what a leader should be. So tonight I've got a dare for you, and the dare is this. I dare you to fight in the fire. I dare you to fight in the fire. And here's the thing I want you to go away with. If you have to go away early or anything like that, this is what I want you to leave with, is this. It's that the fires you face today will be the testimony, the memorial stones of miracles tomorrow. You see, what you're going through now is your present, which will soon be in your past. Now, after enough past has passed, then you get what's known as perspective. So it's as time goes on, as you journey with, through life, you start to get, you start to see what you're going through in a more, you know, 3D perspective. So you see what it was in, for what it is, rather than in the moment you're quite micro and you're focusing on the little details and you, you kind of get confused, but enough time has passed, you think, oh, that was actually not that big a deal. That was something that I was actually bigger than. Now, when you factor God into the equation, what he did 2,000 years ago is he took all those things that are in our lives just now and he nailed them to a cross, a sacrificial cross, so then when, when he went and died because of the sins, because of the things that we struggle with, because of the things that we were um, born into, we were born into um, a system that is out for ourselves because you don't have to teach a child to be selfish, we're just naturally that way. So we're, we're born to a system and God's just saying, hey, I'll take care of that. I've made provision for that. So when we, when we bring him into our lives, we take what's our past, what's our future, and now all of a sudden we take a, a perspective view that's well above what we can ever see. So when we're in faith, we're actually above what we're going through. So I can say to you tonight that whatever you're going through now is a testimony for your future miracles that you're praying for. So can I say that one more time? That anything you're going through right now is just going to be a history of the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. Now, I don't know if you like fire, but personally, I, I like it. I, 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 there's, there's a little scar in my, um, my hand from when I was 10 years old. Some, one of the other kids from the neighborhood lit a burning straw and stabbed it into my arm. Um, but that, I didn't like that so much. But there's other experience of fires that I do like. Um, if any of you have been out to the Upton household, I recommend it. Um, one of the things I love about there is when you, when you do actually eventually make it out there, if you make the journey, if you've driven there yourself, there'll be times you get at least lost and you try to phone, but you're out of phone signal. But when you get there, you eventually get there, and then it's like, ah, you know, you've like, I've arrived. And it's just, just so peaceful. And... You know, I, I don't. If I could, if I work from home, I can never. Sorry, no offense. I can never work from home from your house. I mean, you just go and make a cup of tea, and then you get against the aga. Like, 
two hours have passed, you're like, oh, I need to get going. And, but one of the things is when it's winter and the fire's on, you just don't want to move. You just feel, you just like, melt, all your troubles just melt away. And just, there's nothing that could possibly go wrong in your life. And, and that's, what, that's what fires are like. But fires are good in the right context. You see, the same fire could then burn that house down if it were in the wrong place. The same candles we have to act as mood lighting for our date night is great for the dinner table, but it's a little bit awkward on the couch. You see, fires, fires are great in the right context. And I want to challenge you with this, that all the fires in your life, when they're in the right context, they actually bring out something in you. They bring out goodness in you. Because there's things that you cannot actually come out of your life unless you go through certain things. Now, for my life, you know, I've, I've been through this journey of, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, and going through the tests and, and then now into married life. But there's, because since we've passed through so many different seasons, we've passed through, passed through so many different fires. And these fires, sometimes we just want to kind of check out emotionally, like we check ourselves out before we wreck ourselves emotionally. Sometimes our lives are like that. But I want to encourage you tonight, don't sit back. I want to challenge you to fight. I want to challenge you to really get down to nitty gritty and fight for those things that are right in your lives. Because what, is, what you're going through is meant to constrain you or confine you. It's actually meant to refine you, to conform you into the image of Jesus Christ. And there's this story in the um, book of Daniel, chapter 3. Now, some of you may, um, if you have a church background, may know this, but it's basically um, an account, like manuscript, in, based in Old Testament times. And there's a prophet called Daniel, and he has three friends. They're called Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. We now know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But they were given different names because they were under captivity. And it's like if you were to go to the kennels or to the pound and you were to get a pet and the, the cat's called Furball or, or Smittens or whatever, you're under the... You're, that's the only thing I can think of. You, you're, you're on, you actually are in, within your rights to rename that animal. It's the same in these times where you could, they, could, they renamed people they thought were of use to them. So these guys were asked to be wise men. And since they were wise men... Slurp. Since they were wise men, they were, they were called by Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, they, then they actually went and had this amazing idea of an amazing diet that swept the world ever since, called the Daniel Fast. A lot of us have heard of it. Um, but because of that, they looked much better than anyone else, and they're smarter than everyone else, so they got, a lot of, they got a lot of stick. They got a lot of persecution because they stood out. I don't know if you've been in those circumstances where somebody stands out, and it's like, what can we do to you know, pull them down a peg? These guys went through that. So um, Nebuchadnezzar, they, they, they actually dealt to Nebuchadnezzar's ego complex. And they said, oh, they're not going to worship your massive, tall, lanky statue. Let's, let's get them in that. So Nebuchadnezzar calls them because you know, he's, he wants people to worship him. And these guys won't actually worship him. So we pick up in Daniel 3, um, verses um, 13 to 25. The Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So he brought these before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke to them, saying, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the horn, 
sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and the psaltery in symphony of all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And, and who is the God who will, be, who will deliver you from my hands? Ooh, here comes the dare. What do you do there? What would you do? What would I do? But these guys, they are made of different stuff. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver you, he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the expression in his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. Ladies and gentlemen, that's hot. <laughs> and he commanded certain mighty men of valor, valor who was in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the great the, the great sorry the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then it's like, whew, what happens next? Well, after 23 comes 24. Here's verse 24. <laughs> then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He rose and in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of fire, and they're not hurt. Some translations say they're unbound and unharmed. And the fourth is like the Son of God. Wow, that is an awesome, awesome account of being faithful to what you've been told to stand in. Being faithful in the fires when you're surrounded by adversity, when you're surrounded by things that totally disagree with every value inside you. And then this happens. That just blows my mind. I don't know about your experience with the fire, but that would kill most people. But faith is just a different story altogether. When I was, um, before I was ever given the privilege of having a time I can speak to people wonderful like yourselves, before I was ever married, before I was ever um, filled with the Spirit of God and considered a leader in any sort of way, I was a teenage boy <laughs> who did what most teenage boys do on a Sunday afternoon while their um, parents go to church watch The Simpsons on TV. <laughs> so this is, this is a really pivotal time in my life because um, this was amazing. So I didn't have to go to church. I was like, yeah, kick back. But they were like, fine, if you're going to stay home, you're going to have to prepare the dinner for when we get back. So like, all right, small price to pay. So what I did was I was responsible for the potatoes for the, for the Sunday roast. And I did them immaculately. Like nobody, did, nobody in the family did them better than I did. All right, so I set the heat and they were perfect and they were like gold. It was almost like the remnants of Solomon's temple. They were that good. And... So then, and I was like, you know, when you get good at something, you can get a bit complacent. How many people know what I'm talking about? So then, 
so then I left them in the kitchen while I was through in the living room watching The Simpsons. And I'm like, okay, I better go and check on the potatoes. Open the kitchen door. I see this flame like this high coming out the chip. I'm like, I'm like, what do I do? And then if you guys have seen the film Limitless, it's like <laughs> he, he doesn't know how to fight. And he's like, I don't know how to fight. And then he just gets flashbacks like Bruce Lee films. And this is exactly what happened to me. And it's something we learned in primary school, how to deal with fire. You know, how fires are made of fuel, heat, and oxygen. You have to eliminate the fire triangles. Or turn off the fire. So I was just like, yes. So I was doing all this stuff. And then I got a, a damp and tea towel, put it over this, the chip pan. And I was just like, yes, I have one. And... This would have been perfect. You could have filmed this and put it through schools all across the country. But what wasn't perfect is what happened after that. What happened after that is after the, the, um, the pot was turned off and everything sort of calmed down, what I didn't do is I didn't leave enough time for the pot to properly cool down. So what I, took, what I did was I took the thing back off, just saw smoke, and then within a second, same flame again. Like, so I did it again, and I was like, okay done let's check it and then I was like at this point I was like it's possessed so I just, just started hitting the thing and then, the thing, then it just spilled on the floor and then this was like it went in slow motion I don't know if you guys have ever seen liquid fire but it's scary it just goes and it, it, it just takes the floor and just and I was like I don't know what to do now because this is what happened not only did this fuel heat and oxygen come back with a vengeance and now it had a new source of fuel which is the linoleum floor uh oh so I was like I don't have enough tea towels to deal with this so I'm going to the bathroom got a towel soaked it and chucked it over and just had to deal with a mess of smoke and everything else like that but the thing was and, and oh, by the way my parents actually did not freak out because I don't know if you still get that. I sometimes get things where, times where I actually have trouble in my adult life. And it's like, oh, I'm going to have to tell my parents. And, and I'm 28 years old. <laughs> I'm not in their authority. But I just had that, oh, I'm going to have to tell them. And then, but they were actually totally fine with it, which is awesome, right? That's, that's, I didn't, that's one fire I didn't have to fight. It was their wrath, which was really good. <laughs> but, um, but see, fire forces a response. The fires in our life all have a response. Now, we can learn these responses through default or through just through actually making solid life decisions that we can actually deal with things appropriately. But generally speaking, we just we retract into ourselves. Because when we're, in the, when we're actually in the time of pain, when we're in the time of loss, when we're in the times where we just struggle, we, we just react. And we react with our emotions. We react to the things that were sown into us from who knows what source, like Kevin was saying in, um, in the transition, it's important to know who's speaking to you. It's important to know the source of the words, the source of the power, the source of your frustrations. It's important to know these things. But the good thing about a fire is that God actually works in these things. We don't see it at the time, but God actually works. And God always wants to reveal more of himself. reveal more of, And him revealing more of himself reveals more of what we're actually going through. See, Hebrews says we don't have a high priest who, was, who cannot be touched with our infirmities, meaning that whatever we're going through, he's in there with us. So the fire, one of the things the fire reveals, it reveals our standards. It reveals our standards. Now, I don't know about you, a lot of us like them, the, the new age things like Facebook and all this sort of stuff, but I always wonder, how do these organizations grow? How do they maintain? How do they just keep going? And then I just realized this, that they always find a way to apply to human standards. 
they always find a way to get into that niche because they know what humans like, they know what, we, what we're, we're game for, and these are all based around our need for validity. You see, now you, I, my post can't just be liked, they can be reacted to. Now, that is cool. When I see them scrolling down my stuff and there's a guy like, his thumbs up and there's like a, and then there's like a heart and I was like, yes! You know, there's always ways where we can react and, and that's where Facebook and their, all these things sort of get their momentum. They get, what do people like? Where do they like to get affirmation from? And what can we do to give them feedback to keep them going? It's the same with our lives. They like to, they like to apply to human standards, but can I say that temptation does the same thing? Temptation is exactly the same. Temptation doesn't come from outside, it comes from within. James says that you're not tempted by, you're tempted by your own desires, and that when you get enticed, which is like a hooking term, and you're taken away by it, it's not something else, it's you. It's something that's inside you that latched on, and that's what temptation does. But in the fire, the biggest thing we're tempted by is to drop our standard, drop the level. You know, just, just pull back a little bit. Oh no, your boss is being a bit of a, you know what, you know, just don't make that coffee in the morning. I mean, it's simple. It sounds logical, right? But we, we can always make those, 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 um, those compromises. It sounds really easy to do, but, but what I'm challenging you to do is don't drop the standard because here's what we do when we drop the standard. When we drop the standard, it raises our level of compromise. The lower the standard, the higher the compromise. And we can't fight through fire if we don't stand for what got us into the fire in the first place, what got us into the call of God, what got us into those relationships, and what keeps us through. Isaiah 59 says this. It says, um, Isaiah is saying to the, um, the Israelites, and they're under a time of persecution. It says this um, in, in verse 19. It says, so they sh- this is why um, God saves people from what they're going through. And it says, So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift a standard against him. We see this in our, in our story in um, Daniel 3.16 where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered back to the king. And they said, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. So when it came to the standard of praising and worshipping God, there was no need to answer to anything else. There was no need because the standard was not how safe can I be, how blessed can I be, but how I can honor God. So when that was their standard, that's what they're able to stand in. So when God reveals our standards, it's telling us that this is what you're standing in. If your standard is for self-preservation, then that's what you'll stand in. It becomes a very lonely place when you care about yourself. So when, when things go on, we, we actually shrink our world in realizing that the fires we go through aren't even necessarily about us. See, if my parents would think, oh, this were hard and this were hard and this were hard, if everything's about them, then they wouldn't have been able to raise strong sons who could then be champions in their own lives. See, there's a difference. When everything's about us, we can't pass any goodness on. But when, everything's, when things are about God and glorifying God and bringing out the best in other people, that's when our lives actually begin to take on a new form. See, the first thing that, that um, is attacked in our fires is the standards by which we live. The second thing that fires reveal is whether we're fit for purpose. Um, I don't know if you guys have learned in school, um, but we did about CVs and stuff when we were talking about leaving school and careers. 
And it's so important what you put in the CV. It's so important what you're, what's on your CV, not only the content, but the layout, you know, the weather, spelling taste, mistakes, anything like that, because the reality is that's the version of you that so, some people will only see. So when that's good, then that gives you, that doesn't even give you the job, that gives you the opportunity, that gives you an interview, and then the interview gets us a job. Because I can put my name on any CV, but then that CV may be attractive to an interview, and then they'll ask me, tell me about this, what would you do in this, how many projects you've worked on in this, um, you know, what's your experience in topside and all this stuff. Read the, read, read the paper. I, I don't know. But there's something has, to, something has to join between our confession and our action. And that's when the interview comes into play. You see, in the, in the Bible, when um, Daniel, sorry, I'm with um, Bashar and Misha and Abednego, this is what happened when, in, when we read later in those verses from um, Daniel 20, 20, no, 3, 28 to 30. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him, and they have frustrated the king's word. Someone as vain as that, that's quite a humble statement. They frustrated the king's word. Something the king said didn't come to pass. So that's, that's a very humble statement right there. So frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language that speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. Wow. Someone was angry. Now, you know, it's, it just blows your mind. And then it even goes on to say this. Their houses shall be made a heap. So what the fire he meant for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is now going to be all against the people that don't serve the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's amazing how faith turns things around. It's amazing how a fire reveals what house you should really be a part of. Then verse 30, and then it says here in verse 29, because no other God can deliver like this. Then verse 30, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So in the place they were captives, they're now captains. Because what we see is a prison God sees as an opportunity for promotion. So things we go through, sometimes we can never elevate ourselves to another office if we're not willing to go through what it takes. You see, if I were to be um, like a father or whatever else, if I'm not willing to go through um, pain or trial or or testing, then then there's, there's 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 no testimony of trust. There's, there's nothing there that I could build a life on. There's, you know, it's wishful thinking, it's great words, it's positive words, but where's the testimony? Now, you see, if I were to tell you that there was a time where this very, um, this very, this very thing I'm talking about was illustrated in quite a brutal fashion, um, call it a stag do, but in a brutal fashion, I was told to run across a field quite a few times, and... Um, while a group of about two dozen men were shooting me with high-powered air guns, call them paintball guns, but yes, they were firing at me very, very ferociously, and I lost count of how many they were after the first two or three. So, um, so and shortly, Jane's going to run a clip, and we're going to show me running across 
a field. <laughs> we're run. Um, I was very surprised when I got there. I was, um, I thought I'd be given like an outfit of some ridiculous sort of thing, but I was actually given a Jesus outfit. So a combination of my best men, one who doesn't um, go to church or anything like that, and somebody who's less vocal and um, as opposing. So I had to wear this thing, which is not only ridiculously hot. Um, so basically, I played every game where I could be like legally blind because everything just steamed up in front of me. And, and then at the end, I had to do that run. Now, sometimes fires might feel like that. They might feel, you might feel the impact of the things that are hitting you. And there's no cover sometimes. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. These, these times aren't fun. It's not fun to be hit when you feel like you're just surrounded by hailstorms of things coming against you. You know, job loss here, you know, relational breakdown there. And it just seems to crash. And then sometimes your health may take a hit because you're, you feel you're stepping in the way that God's told you to step. Does anyone know that feeling? But the thing is, when the Spirit of the Lord comes, He raises a standard against it. He gives you a resolve that you don't know where, where it came from. He gives you something on, from the inside, that, that, that spirit fire that comes from the inside that's saying, this is not for your peril, this is for my purpose. So when you can actually have faith and hold on and fight in the fire, actually see miracles come out of your today. What am I saying? That you can have miracles today when everything seems like it's falling apart. And I love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is one of my favorite um, stories. But I want to go on from that and read Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good, for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Everybody say all things. Say again, all things. Say again, all things. But even the thing we're going through, even the thing we didn't choose, even the thing that just gets us, we just sometimes we just um, we just grieve the fact that we've woke up and it's still there. Even those things, well, yes, even those things. The verse thirty-nine goes on to say this: "For whom he foreknew means he knew before. He also predestined." It's basically just a fancy word that means pre-appointed to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. In other words, Jesus is the first and the last, but he's not the only. Verse 30, Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. You see, in the context of the kingdom of God, your fires are designed to take you from one state of glory to the next. See, because of the love of God, he loves you as you are. But because God is perpetual, God's love is continuous, his, his power is unending, you can't help but change you from one glory to the next, from one level of influence to the next, from one state of believing to the next, from one state of faith, faith to the next state of glory. See, God, like our lives, God is a continuum. He never does the same thing. He never keeps us in the same place. He moves continually 
through our lives. So what we sometimes pray for breakthrough is, well, God's saying, no, he'll give us the breakthrough. The breakthrough's coming, Galatians 6, 9. If we do not give up, he'll give us the breakthrough. What we need to pray for is for him to work in us so he, we can see more of him, so we can reflect more of him. Like us going through the fire, we're actually bringing out the stuff that gets skimmed off the top, that stuff that's just waste, that's just rubbish, that's no good for anyone, but rather for us to reflect the glory of God. We have to go through stuff sometimes that we don't agree with. And then when we go through those things, we actually become different people. We become powerful. We become something that we can never ask or even choose because we wouldn't have had the faith or we wouldn't have had the insight to choose it. We don't know what God brings for us. We don't know where our decisions take us. But we know that when we go through the fires of life, that God will see us through in the other end. Somebody can come through and keys up. would be amazing. Romans 8.31 After all these things then what shall we say? If God is for us who can be against us? Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times then don't forget to visit our website www.thejunctionchurch.com God bless.